Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast weekend edition, in fact, all-star game edition, as this weekend the best players in the NHL gather in St. Louis for the all-star game. We are going to take a look at a few things uh, regarding the all-star game, Islanders history in that game, and of course we will talk a little bit more about the state of the team and what's been going on why the New York Islanders seem to be struggling lately, and uh, it's frustrating, but we've got a lot to talk about and uh, how they can right the ship, because there are things they need to do in order to improve. You know, the Islanders are kind of one team that defies a lot of the uh, sabermetrics, a lot of the uh, advanced statistics that are so popular right now, so we're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later on in the show. First of all, if you want to join the show, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, please uh, send us an email. You can email anything to us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name, where you're from, and we'll be happy to read your question, comment, or topic on the air. So uh, please feel free to shoot us an email. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N Y R V S N Y I. And uh, please, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a uh, five star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That will help other Islander fans and hockey fans find the podcast and help to grow the Locked On Islanders family. And uh, we certainly do appreciate that. All right, so one of the things that comes to mind right now is that Matthew Barzal headed to St. Louis for the All-Star Game festivities. This is his second straight All-Star Game appearance. It's in St. Louis, as I mentioned, and of course, Friday is the skills competition, Saturday the All-Star Game, And look, it's good that the Islanders will have their one representative. Ironic that that one representative uh, was benched for the final period before the All-Star game. But uh, let's take a look back at the Islanders and some of their All-Star representatives over the course of the team's history. Now, this is just talking All-Star games. I'm not talking about Challenge Cups and, uh, you know, Olympics or any of the other times that... uh, the NHL took a 
uh, substitute for the All-Star break, but just in All-Star games. Dennis Potvan leads the team with nine All-Star game appearances. Mike Bossy and Brian Trottier with seven each. Pat, uh, excuse me, John Tavares with five. Pat LaFontaine with four. And three for original Islander captain Ed Westfall. And that was actually the first three seasons that the Islanders existed. So those are some of the guys who made uh, a lot of all-star appearances. That's uh, four, uh, three or more. But here are some of the other players that have uh, represented the Islanders at one time or another in the All-Star game. Billy Harris, one All-Star game appearance. Chico Resch with two. Bob Nystrom with one. Clark Gillies, Billy Smith, Bob Bourne, John Tonelli had two. Dave Langevin won. Brent Sutter won. Ray Ferraro won. Uh, Turgeon, Pierre Turgeon with two. Uh, Matthew Schneider with one, Scott Lachance, Ziggy Palfi, Kenny Janssen, Marius Tchaikovsky, Robert Parrish, Alexi Yashin, uh, all of them with one, Adrian Acoin has one, Roman Hammerlick one, Jason Blake, Rick DiPietro, uh, all of them with one, Streit with one, and Yaroslav Halak with one, uh, and then Josh Bailey with one. So those are all the players who have represented the Islanders at the All-Star break since the Islanders came into the league in 1972-73. And, uh, of course, the All-Star game was once played at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Only once. Uh, That was the 35th All-Star game played back on February 8th, 1983, and 15,230 fans packed the Nassau Coliseum to see the Campbell Conference defeat the Wales Conference 9-3. It was actually a 3-2 game after 40 minutes when a certain Wayne Gretzky, then of the Edmonton Oilers, scored four goals in that final 20 minutes to put the game out of reach. The starting lineups in that game at the Nassau Coliseum for the Campbell Conference, Gretzky at center with Al Secord of the Blackhawks, Lanny McDonald of the Calgary Flames on the wings, Paul Coffey of Edmonton, and Doug Wilson of Chicago as the defenseman and starting goaltender for the Campbell Conference, Murray Bannerman. Meanwhile, for the Wales, the starting goalie, Pete Peters, then of the Boston Bruins, the defenseman, Dennis Potvin of the Islanders, and Rod Langway of the Washington Capitals, and then all three starting forwards from that All-Star game from the Quebec Nordique, that was Peter Stasny, flanked by Michel Goulet and Marion Stasny, Uh, other Familiar players to Islanders fans, uh, Mike Bossy and Dave Longevin representing the Islanders, and future Islander GM Don Maloney was representing the Rangers in this game. So, uh, and uh, representing the Devils, another former Islander at that point, Hector Marini. Lots of uh, Hall of Famers, obviously, in this contest. Uh, in addition to the ones we just mentioned, 
uh, Mark Messier, uh, then of Edmonton, Marcel Dion, Yari Curry, Denny Savard, Dino Cicerelli, uh, Dave Babich, a uh, great player, uh, Mark Howe, Ray Bork, Ron Francis, uh, Brian Trottier, we mentioned, and Mike Bossy, Daryl Sittler, and in the other goaltender, by the way, ironically enough, uh, for the Wales Conference, the late, great Pelly Lindbergh uh, of the Philadelphia Flyers. And, uh, you know, only three penalties in this entire game. And as I said, Wayne Gretzky uh, coming away with four goals in that third period, and he was named the MVP uh, of the game. That game played at the Nassau Coliseum, uh, and the only time the All-Star game came there, and ironically now, uh, you know, the uh, Nassau Coliseum not considered an adequate place to... uh, to have regular NHL games, let alone an all-star game. All right, we are going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the state of this team and what they have to do to get back on track after struggling. We'll break it all down for you right after this. All right, we are back here at the Locked On Islanders podcast. And look, a lot of this has sort of been a tale of two seasons, and it's a concern that this team played so well during that early part of the season, realistically during the uh, October, November into early December, they were 16-3-2 in their first 21 games. That included the 17-game point streak. But since that 17-game point streak ended, the Islanders 13-12-3, in the 28 games after that, which means they're 13 and 15, uh, although they did get, you know, three points for overtime losses. But overall, that is, you know, just one game above NHL 500. And that rate of play is just not going to get it done when you look at the standings and everything is so tight. And one of the problems the Islanders have is, again, when it comes to the advanced statistics and the sabermetrics, everybody's always talking about how this team really needs to uh, cut down on the shots against. They give up so many shots on goal, or always outshot, uh, seemingly, in most games, and yet they still find ways to win, and it's a very goalie-reliant system. And it gets to the point where the Islanders goaltenders don't just have to play good hockey. They have to play great hockey for this team to win. And I think, you know, that last game before the break against the Rangers was a case in point. Grice comes in, makes 40 saves. The Islanders were outshot, you know, 42, uh, practically at a two to one margin. And yet they still managed to win four to two. They got the power play going in this one, but You know, you look at the standings right now, the Islanders cannot afford to blink because, yeah, they're in third place right now, 63 points. They're four points behind the Penguins. Islanders have a game in hand. One point behind the Islanders is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, the Islanders have two games in hand on Columbus. Two points behind the Islanders, the Carolina Hurricane. They are 
they have the Islanders have one game in hand on Carolina and just three points behind the Islanders. The Philadelphia Flyers, again, the Islanders with one game in hand on Philadelphia, but if they continue to play at or just above NHL 500 the rest of the way, they may not make the playoffs. This team, the injury to Adam Pellick was a damaging one for this uh, club because Pellick gave them such steady defense. And since his injury, you know, that is a large chunk of that slump that we've talked about uh, where they've only gone 13, 12, and 3. And missing the steadiness of a Pellick means they need to make an additional move. So they need to add goal scoring. They need to add a steady defensive defenseman who's going to cut down on on mistakes in their own zone. And then realistically, you know, too many turnovers right now in the Islanders zone. That has been a bugaboo for this team uh, over the last, let's say, you know, 10, 11 games. And the All-Star game right now couldn't come at a better time. You look at the way this schedule has been packed. The Islanders had seven games in 11 days. And since the, you know, holiday break at the end of December, 14 games in 26 days, not a lot of rest for this Islanders team. And Barry Trotz basically said his team after the game on Tuesday in his post-game press conference He used the terms exhausted and mentally and physically fatigued to describe the team. And, you know, that's just not where you want to be. This all-star break, important. So, you know, the Islanders finished that, you know, stretch the last 11 days before the all-star break. They go 2-3-2, 6-6-2 since the uh, late December holiday break. And, uh, you know, not where you necessarily want to be. The good news is this, though. At this point, the Islanders 29-15-5, that's the identical record that they had last season when they finished with 100 points and finished second in the division. So, uh, there is hope. And the problem is they've got to get a little bit more consistent in on offense and just be a little bit smarter right now in the way they play hockey in their own zone and that really again is a Barry Trotz trademark that's the way he wants his team to play and maybe the absence of guys like Pellick and Clutterbuck Cal Clutterbuck definitely hurting this team but I, I think you add to that the overall youth of this team the fact that they played so many games in such a short time, you have fatigue, inexperience, and I think there is a lack of depth on this team. When Pelic is in the lineup, you know, a guy like Noah Dobson is in and out of the lineup, doesn't always play. When he plays, he's going to get, you know, 9, 10, 11 minutes tops a game. Now, all of a sudden, you're relying on Noah Dobson to, to give you 15 to 20 minutes a game on ice. All of a sudden, there are so many guys who more or less in your bottom six, and we talked yesterday about the importance of getting a consistent third line on the ice. They don't have that. Look at all these players 
and see how their statistics are so similar. Leo Komarov, one goal, 10 points in 30 games. Michael Dalcole, two goals, seven points in 35 games. Tom Cunackle, three goals, six points in 23 games. Ross Johnston, three goals, four points in 28 games. These players do not provide much in the way of offense. Now, Derek Broussard has at times been on that third line. Josh Bailey has at times been on that third line. But they need to find a combination that is going to give them a little more offense because the fourth line, the Sezikis-Clutterbuck-Martin line, really does set the tone physically and has their role, and they provide occasional offense. Look, Sezikis right now has 10 goals on the season, which is, uh, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Matt Martin, three goals, six points in 37 games, and then Clutterbuck, three goals, seven points in 33 games. I don't expect the bottom six forwards to all be contributing, you know, 20 or more goals, but it would be nice to get some guys with 15, 10 to 15, and uh, right now they are nowhere near that pace with the exception of Casey Sezikis. So more scoring, definitely part of the issue here for this team, and we're going to figure out what they uh, what they can do. The trade deadline coming up in one month from t- uh, today, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Lou Lamarillo approaches it. All right, we will come back with this date in Islanders history and more. Lots to get to here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to January 24th. 1997 at the Hartford Civic Center, so cue up brass bonanza as the Islanders meet the Hartford Whalers. This was a physical, uh, hard-fought battle full of fights, and uh, early on, it's Steve Webb and Kelly Chase dropping the gloves at 7.59. They each get five minutes for fighting, Uh, Steve Webb representing the Islanders. It was scoreless at that point, but at 12:27, Ziggy Palfi gets the Islanders on board. An unassisted goal, his 28th of the season. And the Islanders, who had Eric Fischel in goal, uh, while the Whalers had Sean Burke. So Palfi beating Burke on that play. The Whalers would get even, however, before the period ended. At 16:29, Jeff Sanderson scoring his 25th from Keith Primo and Nelson Emerson. And after 20 minutes, the game was all even at one. In the second period, the Islanders took over and Derek King gets the Islanders a 2-1 lead, his 16th of the year from Marty McGinnis and Travis Green. Then at 16:29, King strikes again, his 17th, and again Travis Green with the helper. After 40 minutes, it's three to one Islanders. In the third period, lots of fisticuffs. Brent Hughes of the Islanders drops the gloves with Stephen Rice of Hartford at the 2:25 mark. Then King. Gets his third goal, a natural hat trick for Derek King, 
his 18th of the season. Again, Marty McGinnis with the helper at 7-11. And then the Whalers pull their goalie, Ziggy Palfi, his second of the game, an empty netter at 16:03. So still a little less than four minutes left. Travis Green with another assist on that one. And suddenly the Islanders had a 5-1 lead. And then the fisticuffs start up again. Doug Huda of the Islanders and Kelly Chase dropped the gloves at 17:31. Then Steve Webb of the Islanders and the Grim Reaper, Stu Grimson at 17:48. They get in t- into the mix and there's fighting, high sticking. Webb gets an instigator and a 10-minute misconduct. The Whalers did score with 31 seconds left, a power play goal. Stephen Rice is 15th from Glenn Wesley and Jeff O'Neill, but at the end of the day, the Islanders skate away with a 5-2 victory. Palfi with two goals, Derek King the hat trick, and a plus three on the day. Uh, Meanwhile, three assists for Travis Green, two helpers for Marty McGinnis. Shots on goal leader for the Islanders was Palfi with six, Travis Green next with five, and Travis Green, a plus four to lead the Islanders in this game. Eric Fischo, 34 saves to earn the victory. Sean Burke, as we mentioned, taking the loss in a fight-filled victory for the Islanders at the Hartford Civic Center. Islanders 5, Whalers 2 on this date in Islanders history, January 24th, 1997. All right. Before we go, just quickly, two Islanders have been named MVP of the All-Star Game, and we wanted to mention that. First, we take you to the 1978 All-Star Game. Islanders, part of the Campbell Conference at this point, and the Wales Conference ends up winning this game by a score of 3-2, to two, but the MVP is goaltender Billy Smith. The goaltender on the losing team at an All-Star game ends up being the MVP. Why? He didn't let in a goal in 29 minutes and 26 seconds of action. At Campbell Conference had a 2-0 lead when the goaltenders switched and Wayne Stevenson came in to finish. Hard to believe they actually played low-scoring physical All-Star games back then. Final score was 3-2 Wales Conference, although the Wales outshot the Campbells by a 40-12 margin, but Billy Smith named the MVP of that All-Star game. Then in 1982, 34th All-Star game at the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland, Islanders representing the Wales Conference that year and the MVP with the game-winning and clinching goals, Mike Bossy. Bossy scored the go-ahead goal in the second period at 17-10 on assist from Barry Beck of the Rangers and John Tonelli of the Islanders. And then in the third period early on, uh, he gets the clincher that made it 4-2, the only assist Hall of Famer Larry Robinson. So Bossy named the MVP of this one. Will Matthew Barzal follow in their footsteps? We will find out over the weekend as Barzal, the sole representative for the Islanders 
at this All-Star Game. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. I want to thank you for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back Monday uh, to cover all things Islanders as we follow this team through the break and leading up to their next game on February 1st. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.